This is episode 115 of Teacher Approved. You're listening to Teacher Approved, the podcast helping educators elevate what matters and simplify the rest. I'm Heidi. And I'm Emily. We're the creators behind Second Story Window, where we give research-based and teacher-approved strategies that make teaching less stressful and more effective. You can check out the show notes and resources from each episode at secondstorywindow.net. We're so glad you're tuning in today. Let's get to the show. Hey there, thanks for joining us today. In today's episode, we're talking all about celebrating Leap Day in your elementary classroom. We start our episodes with a morning message, just like we used to do at morning meeting in our classrooms. This week's morning message is, what is your favorite music to play during class? I love an instrumental movie soundtrack. I think that's probably called a score. Yes. I wouldn't probably play something they know very well. Like I'm probably not going to put the Harry Potter score on because then they're going to get all excited. (laughs) But the instrumental soundtracks for Pride and Prejudice and Becoming Jane are two of my favorites to play in class. So good. And the Little Women, the 95 Little Women soundtrack. (gasps) Yes. So good. Iconic. (laughs) And there's a lot of really good movie scores out there that you can play. And also, I love the instrumental music from Sleeping at Last. That's kind of my go-to quiet working music. We've got some responses from our teacher-approved community. Meredith said, I've really enjoyed the piano music from Beige Mellow on YouTube. Well, that sounds like perfect background music. Michelle says, I search playlists on Pandora. I usually play relaxation radio. During the holidays, I played holiday instrumentals. I also have an instrumental Irish station that I play in March. I played a lot of chieftains in March. Yes, very fitting. (laughs) Got to get in the mood. Margaret said she plays classical music, and Cammie says she likes calming piano covers. And Lisa likes the Peaceful Classroom Acoustics playlist on Spotify. That is a nice thing about Spotify is, like, there are playlists for anything you can imagine. Yes. So it's really easy to find. Preview them first, just to be sure. (laughs) And then Tabitha said, I do instrumental pop music if we are doing work that I need my kids to really focus on. For more relaxed, independent work time, we make our own playlist. I let my kids write down their top three songs, and after I check them out, I make a Spotify playlist with their songs. They love when I let them listen to that playlist. It's also neat to see the diversity of what my kids listen to. I have everything from classic rock to current pop. They beg me to play the class playlist. Every so often, I let them add new songs. They just turn them in on a sticky note, and I vet them first and then decide if they can be added or not. I told them right out the gate that not all songs would make it and they may not be appropriate and they were okay with that. That's such a fun idea. Yeah, especially for times when you don't really need them to focus, but you want some fun music on. And just to put in a plug, we have our own teacher-approved playlist. It is called the Teacher-Approved Parent Conference Playlist on Spotify. That's a good one. You made a really good playlist. It's good background music. I worked on that more intently than some people have worked on diffusing bombs, let me tell you. (laughs) Like... So it's four hours long. I wanted something that like if you needed a long stretch of background music, I think maybe if you have a long night of conferences, it would play without having to repeat. And I like each song is just really mellow. I didn't want anything because, you know, sometimes on soundtracks, like a song that's like at a really intense moment. Yes. Let's just like change the whole vibe in your room. So I didn't want anything like that. My standard for choosing songs was, okay, could I see myself telling a parent that their kid is a joy to have in class? And also, 
their kid was peeing down the slide on the playground while this music is playing. <laughs> and if it fit both, it made the cut. <laughs> it's a very good playlist. Yes. We will link to that in the show notes. <laughs> if you have some suggestions for great music to play in the classroom, we would love to have you join the conversation over in our Teacher Proof Facebook group. I have always had such a fondness for Leap Day. There's something just magical to me about an extra day that we only get once every four years. Plus, we are a family that enjoys some half-birthday fun, and my half-birthday falls on Leap Day, so I think I feel a little ownership over it, <laughs> special just for me. Yeah, I think babies born on Leap Day are called Leaplings, so what's a half-Leapling? Half are you a half I guess leapling? I'm a half-Leapling. <laughs> You probably already know why we have leap years, but in case you never really bothered to dig into it, here's a quick explanation. A typical year is 365 days long, but the time it takes for Earth to orbit the sun is actually 365 days, 5 hours, 48 minutes, and 56 seconds. Mm -hmm. That's the Earth for you, you know, always being a little bit extra. Mm -hmm. So if we didn't make a plan for this extra time, eventually our calendar and seasons would begin to shift, and after several hundred years we'd end up with a summer starting in December. And that would be very confusing for us in the Northern Hemisphere and probably for the Australians who are used to a summer winter. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so to compensate, we add in an extra day to the calendar every four years. But here's an interesting note. It's actually not quite as simple as that. Oh, plot twist. Mm -hmm. Adding in that extra day isn't quite exact either. We end up with an extra 44 minutes every time we have a leap year. So to compensate for that, we don't actually have leap year every four years. <gasps> it's true. <laughs> if a leap year falls on a year that is divisible by 100, but not divisible by 400, leap year is skipped. <laughs> uh, there's a lot more math in this than I was expecting if I'm being honest. Right? It's very mathy. <laughs> so that's why the year 2000 was a leap year, but 1700, 1800, and 1900 were not. And the year 2100 will not be either. Wild. Is there going to be a quiz? Maybe. No, <laughs> no. You're off the hook. No quiz. Okay. Now that we're done with Science Corner, let's talk celebrating leap year in the classroom because this year, leap day falls on a Thursday. There are tons of ideas out there for how you can celebrate leap day in the classroom. Most of them revolve around a very cute frog theme. But we're going to share how we like to do it, which is a space-themed day. Heidi, tell us how you came up with this theme idea. Well, two leap years ago, or eight years ago if you're doing the math, Emily and I were talking about what we could do for a leap day. And, you know, if you look around for resources, everyone goes straight to frogs. And it makes sense. Frogs leap. They're cute. What's not to love? But making a bunch of frog resources just wasn't exciting to me. And I think that was mostly because I didn't have the skills then to draw all of the frog images we would need. <laughs> so one Saturday morning when I could have been sleeping in, I lay awake in bed pondering all things leap because that is what my life is like. <laughs> and eventually I came to the idea of the moon landing, you know, one giant leap for mankind. And that was much more appealing to me. And I think the space theme makes this day so engaging, and it's a fun tie-in to the science of leap years. So if we're going to be talking about space anyway, why not make it fit with the rest of what we're doing that day? And once we had the space idea, we just threw ourselves into all things space for a couple of weeks, like nonstop. In a lot of ways, preparing these resources became like a wish fulfillment for me. 
the three leap days I had when I was teaching second grade all just totally blew past me. I didn't plan ahead and I was always disappointed that I hadn't made a bigger deal of the day. So it was a lot of fun to make all of the resources I wish I had had for my second graders. When we taught preschool, we did just like gloss over leap day because they don't even understand Monday and Tuesday. Let's not go. True story. We were not doing space-themed preschool centers for Leap Day, unfortunately. So sticking with the Leap theme, our Leap Day activities focus on the first moonwalk and Neil Armstrong's famous One Giant Leap. So we call it One Giant Leap in Learning. Our days at school are so jam-packed. We are just hustling from bell to bell to pack in as much as we can because we always feel that ticking clock. And at that frenzied pace, it's so easy to forget why we want to be teachers. But what if we can use this bonus day of February 29th to reconnect with the magic of learning? What if we take a step back from objectives and curriculum maps and have a day to celebrate learning in fun, meaningful ways? Our kids deserve that, and we as teachers deserve that too. Yeah, last week we were talking about how it's good to have something to look forward to. Maybe Leap Day is the thing you're going to be looking forward to on these dark winter days. So our goal with One Giant Leap in Learning was to combine fun and connection and education into one special day. We have put together a set of math and language activities that can make that last day in February something your kids will remember for the next four years. We're going to walk you through all the ins and outs of our Leap Day activities, and you can get all of these resources in our Leap Day bundle. Which is only $5. Oh, wow. That's a steal. (laughs) But even if you are not interested in our materials, which would be a travesty, but you have your choices, we think we've got some fun ideas to inspire you however you decide to celebrate with your class. Our first recommendation for an unforgettable one giant leap in learning is to start with the books. We love any excuse for new books. <laughs> Apparently, I took that advice our last leap year because as I was preparing for this episode, I literally unearthed a stack of space-themed books that I know I bought for this. <laughs> well, they were for research, so you had to have them. Right. That That's what it is. Research and not hoarding. <laughs> If you are looking for Leap Day books, whether for research or for any other reason, any space book would be appropriate, but you also might want one or two kid-friendly Neil Armstrong biographies. So just preview them ahead of time to make sure they're not too text-heavy. Nothing worse than trying to read a picture book with three paragraphs of text on every page. For example, If You Decide to Go to the Moon by Faith McNulty is gorgeous, but super text-heavy. Your arm would give out if you were trying to hold that up while reading aloud. One Giant Leap by Don Brown is a very manageable biography of Neil Armstrong. What is the Moon Like by Franklin Branley and another book called One Giant Leap, this one by Robert Burley, are also very good, but are a little more text heavy. And don't worry if you missed any of those titles. They are all linked in the show notes. After doing some reading, we like to have our students create a very simple mini biography of Neil Armstrong. And we do mean simple. The finished product is one page folded into fourths to make a cute little book. So start by doing a brainstorming lesson about events in Neil Armstrong's life. That's when a picture book reading ahead of time can come in handy. And then students use that information to write their own mini biography. Now look at that. We've got reading and writing covered already. Hey there, teacher friend. Do you have a question or concern that could use a teacher-proof solution? We'd love to help you out by answering your question here on the podcast. You can submit your questions to hello at secondstorywindow.net and put podcast question in your subject line. 
can't wait to hear what's on your mind. Now, our next recommendation for your one giant leap in learning is to create something you can display in the hall. If you've been around here for very long, you know that Emily and I dread hall displays. So we wanted to give you something that your students can use to create something meaningful instead of just a time filler craft. Now, you don't have to display these in the hall, but if you're going to have to put something out there anyway, you may as well make it something meaningful. Part of Neil Armstrong's legacy is that working hard can help make even the most impossible dreams come true. We like to do a quick writing activity where students think about the mark they want to leave on the world someday, just like Neil Armstrong left his footprint on the moon. We put the student's response and a chalk footprint together, and these make a really easy and impactful haul display. And bonus, this activity involves even more writing. Really, the more opportunity our students have to write, the better writers they'll be. To help scaffold this activity, students start by brainstorming ways they'll make their mark on the world. And don't worry, we included teacher instructions to walk through all of this step by step. The next recommendation we have for your one giant leap in learning is to have a photo op. We have a couple different versions of a sign, including a fill-in sign, where students can write how they will make their mark on the world. We also have a print and go sign that just says, I made a giant leap in learning. If you want to go all out with space-themed decor, you could take a photo in front of a spacey backdrop as well. That sounds like a lot of fun. And that brings us to my favorite of our leap and learning activities, a time capsule. Leap day is the perfect time to do a time capsule because it has a built-in timer and reminder to open it in four years. We keep our simple by using manila envelopes or even those foil style envelopes that feel kind of spacey and cool. And I know our Dollar Tree not that long ago had those gold padded envelopes. It might be too expensive to do those for a whole class, but if you could make it work somehow, they would certainly be cool. To fill our envelope time capsules, we have students fill out a questionnaire and write a letter to their future selves to go inside their time capsules. Woo, more writing for the win. (laughs) Then we have them trace and cut out their handprint and footprint, and then we use string or yarn to measure each student's height, and they add that to the capsule as well. They will get such a kick out of seeing how much they've grown in four years. If you do a photo op, it's a great idea to include that photo in the time capsule as well. You can either take it with an instant camera or get prints made and slip them into the envelopes the next day. (laughs) Just make sure that your students leave the envelopes unsealed after they decorate the outside so you have a chance to put the pictures in. Yeah, don't make that mistake. (laughs) If you want to break up all the academic work, we include a set of 12 brain breaks that are perfect for using on leap day. They are all either space-themed, leap-themed, or themed around the number 29, like, can you do 29 of these actions? Our brain breaks are great because they're all technology-free. All you have to do is print out the cards, and you are ready to go. Since we've done so much writing, it's time for some reading. We have a reading comprehension passage that talks about the origin of Leap Day. We include in our resource three levels of difficulty so you can choose the passage that's right for your students. You can choose one passage for your whole class to work on or you can differentiate with individual students. And last but not least, of course, we have our beloved work packet. Work packet. (laughs) And we know a work packet does not sound exciting, but when you don't use work packets often, we have found our students to be delighted by a themed work packet. Now, while we had a blast designing this packet with a space theme, 
We really prioritize purposeful activities here. We cover four language arts topics and four math topics, and we offer each of them at three levels of difficulty. So you can really target the exact skills your students need to practice. Something we love about a work packet is your students can work on it in bits all day long. You can introduce the packet in the morning and explain the activities on each page. Then I like to give them 10 to 15 minutes to get started on the packet. For the rest of the day, it can be your fast finisher and time sponge as needed between your other activities. Plus, if you want to limit your copies, print your masters with two per page, and then you can copy four activity pages to one single sheet of paper. This is a great way to save paper, and really most students can handle working on that smaller size space without any problems. Another fun learning activity is a moon rock review. This one is so fun. You print out review questions on full-size sheets of paper, then you let your students crush them up into moon rocks and toss their rock into a central place in the room. You don't want to lose any moon rocks behind the bookshelf, so tell them where you want them to send them. (laughs) Oh yeah, that could go very badly very quickly. Then each student gets an answer sheet and just grabs one of the moon rocks. They unfold it and then write their answer to that moon rock question on their answer sheet. And they crumple it up again and throw it back and it's time to grab another one. This activity is a blast for two reasons. One, it's always motivating for students to get to work at their own pace. And two, students absolutely love crumpling up the papers and throwing them (laughs) back on the ground. Suddenly, this retrieval practice activity becomes a completely novel activity. But this activity is a big win for meaningful reasons, too. So as Emily mentioned, this kind of review is what we call retrieval practice. Students are asked to recall some knowledge that they've already learned without the help of books or notes. It's low stake, so they won't be punished for getting the answers wrong. And just the practice of retrieving that information from their brains helps strengthen the pathways in their brains, and it enables them to recall that information easier later. We're heading into testing season soon, so obviously this activity is great practice for testing season. But far beyond that, our main goal is always to help students retain and use the information that they learn at school. We have a few other fun leap day activities in the pack. There's some 29 second challenges that are a lot of fun, like how many times can you write your name in 29 seconds? And then there's some silly questions that they can answer, like I could eat 29 blank but I could never eat 29 blank. (laughs) You know kids' imaginations will have a blast coming up with crazy ways to answer those questions. And hopefully they have a blast doing the rest of the activities as well. Getting to do things outside of the norm, even if they are learning-based, still feels like a treat. Now, you can go as big or as small as you want on this theme. One year we had a teacher send us a picture of herself in a full-on astronaut costume with a full classroom space theme transformation on her own one giant leap and learning day. And it was just delightful. Oh, it was so much fun. I still smile every time I think of it. But neither one of us was one for big classroom transformations ourselves. I mean, I love them in theory, but I just didn't have the energy for them. So don't feel pressured to make this extra elaborate. The activities themselves are already engaging enough and novel enough to make this an unforgettable day with your class without needing any decorations. But if going all out on your theme fills your bucket, we love that for you. And send us pictures, please. (laughs) Now, if you're like, Heidi and Emily, this sounds great, but it seems like a big investment for something you can only use once every four years. Well, fear not, bestie, because we got you covered. (laughs) You can use this next year and the year after and the year after that. 
you're just going to use it on a random day in May instead of on February 29th. And that is because we were thinking of you and we designed all of these activities to work as a space theme day any time of year and not just on leap day. All you have to do is drop out the leap day specific activities and you are left with a fun interactive day of learning about space and reviewing important content win-win. We love to use theme days at the end of the year to keep kids engaged, and a space day is always a winner. We also have a fun camping theme if you want to add another theme day to your schedule in May. We hope that gave you some fun ideas for your own Leap Day class celebrations. We will link to our Leap Day resource pack in the show notes. And if you have some fun Leap Day ideas that we haven't thought of, please come share them in our Teacher Proof Facebook group. Now let's talk about this week's teacher-approved tip. Each week we leave you with a small, actionable tip that you can apply in your classroom today. This week's teacher-approved tip is use the online digital resources from NASA for your space theme day. Can you tell us more about it, Heidi? NASA has some really great resources that will appeal to your students. One thing I really like is they have a YouTube playlist about training like an astronaut So you can have your kids doing some fun exercises if you need to incorporate some movement into your Leap Day fun. And I also saw that NASA has a cool 4K tour of the moon video that's on YouTube too. It's only about five minutes long. It'll be so fun to show your young astronauts in training on your Leap Day. Yeah, NASA's really coming through for us. To wrap up the show, we are sharing what we're giving extra credit to this week. Emily, what gets your extra credit? I'm giving extra credit to a new tool for Lego builders called the Tray, and it's spelled capital T-R-A with a long A symbol above the A. If you have Lego builders, you will love this handmade wood building tray. It has a section for a 32 by 32 base plate and then two compartments for holding pieces of the set they're working on. My kids are constantly leaving sets out half finished, and then they lose a couple pieces and lose their minds. So I am (laughs) loving this tray keep it all contained while they work. And it has a built-in spot for holding the little directions book while they build. And I just want to say they have excellent customer service as well. I ran into a little issue with the first tray I ordered and they were so quick to rectify the issue and went above and beyond to make it right. You can find them at the tray company, T-R-A company.com. And I'll link that in the show notes too. That's handy dandy. What are you giving extra credit to? Well, I am giving extra credit to the shark hairdryer. I bought it on a Black Friday deal because my old hairdryer had just died and my stylist had recommended this one. And it took me a little bit to talk myself into it because it costs way more than I have ever spent on a hairdryer before, like magnitudes more. (laughs) But dang, did it pay off? I love it so much. I had no idea a hairdryer could make such a difference to the texture of my hair. Like it cut way down on the frizziness. It's so soft. I have been missing out. Wow. <laughs> that is good to know. Uh, yes. So shark hair dryer for the win. And hey, it's cheaper than a Dyson hair dryer. That is why I went shark instead of Dyson. <laughs> <laughs> That's it for today's episode. Try out our ideas this year as you celebrate Leap Day in your classroom. And be sure to send us pictures if you give one giant Leap Day a try. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Teacher Approved. I'm Heidi. And I'm Emily. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow or subscribe in your podcast apps so that you never miss an episode. You can connect with us and other teachers in the Teacher Approved Facebook group. We'll see you here next week. Bye for now. Bye.